Welcome in. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast, part two. I'm just, I'm just going to make this its own separate entity. I'm not going to tie it to, to the Luke Fickle interview. The Luke Fickle interview is there. It's on the football page. Go find it. You'll love it. It's outstanding. About 50 minutes with Luke. Uh, and we're going to make this a uh, quicker version, uh, getting a little preview in of the American Athletic Conference tournament. If you're looking to watch the games, make sure you hit up the Holy Grail. They will have the games. They will have buckets of beer. They will have great food. I had a barbecue chicken pizza uh, for the game on Sunday. That was delicious. Outstanding. And the pieces were huge. Like two pieces, Berg. And I was stuffed. Yeah, that's big then. There was a hunk of chicken on this thing that looked like it was just like they just cut the chicken breast off the chicken and d- dropped it on the pizza. <laughs> um, it, was, it was really, really good. Wife had her usual, the Reuben wontons which are her favorite. And the, the kid went with some loaded tater tots. Never go wrong with tater tots with a bunch of stuff on them. No way. So uh, let's get into it. Berg, we did this podcast once, and it is still stuck in limbo on Zoom. Uh, it's still processing from 1 o'clock this afternoon. It is about 7.30 at night. Um, but that's okay, because at that point in time, when we recorded that podcast, we were pretending to not know that David DeJulius was back, <laughs> which is very <laughs> difficult for you. Before we hit record, you're like, do I really have to like go through this whole podcast and, and not talk about this? And I'm like, yep, sorry, buddy. Uh, so, Bird, David DeJulius is back. Oh, my God. What you, you made my day when you told me that. And you promised you were going to make my day before you told me that news. Uh, anyone who knows me well or has been uh, following me on Twitter or reading me or listening to me knows how much how much of an affinity I have for David DeJulius I, as UC's point guard or off guard. I need to understand this. He, he's shooting like 19% from three. Uh, I don't think he has dunked a, game, a, a dunked a ball yet this year. And yet he is the apple of your eye. Uh, this is an outlier, Berg. How, how did this happen? Major outlier. <laughs> uh, I, I would say because uh, – Guards like him have been few and far between in the last few decades at Cincinnati. Um, all due respect to the previous guards that UC's had, but just not a lot of like, you know, dudes that are leaders, like uh, just can handle, can get in the paint dish, just kind of know how to play the game. The only really thing he struggled with this year is, that, is shooting that three ball, but um, he's had, you know, over 10 assists in a game. He's had, he had a big scoring game down in crunch time against Xavier. Like he, he's done all the stuff that I wanted to see. Just it's been a weird year. So consistency wise, it hasn't been there, but yeah, it's strange. I mean, I mean, he just, he doesn't dunk. Um, I, I completely take full responsibility for jinxing him before the season. When I (laughs) joked that like, well, he probably won't shoot like 17% from three, like the guy that wore number zero last year. And uh, so put that on me, Bearcat fans. That's all my fault. I should have not, never said anything. But I will say that now I believe that next year he's going to shoot like 68% because uh, he's a good shooter. He can stroke it. And uh, I just think he's going to do it. So I'm so stoked to just watch him play again in a Bearcat uniform because it, even though he said that he was intending to return at some point, until he actually puts on the jersey and plays basketball, 
for UC in a game. I can't believe it until I see it. And I, I couldn't relax until you told me that news the other day. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I can't wait to watch him tomorrow. You mentioned he had a tennis, a, a, a game over 10 assists. Do you remember when that might have been, Justin? Yeah, against the SMU Mustangs, January 7th, I believe. Where he had 12, 12 mm-hmm. assists in that game against the Ponies. I wish we could get the... And, and really like good the, job against their starting point guard. Yeah, uh, and, and I wish there was a way to get, like, really deep um, college stat analytics like they do in the pros, because, like, I'd love to know, like, what percentage of assists has UC cashed in that he tried to set up because the way, I mean, obviously they haven't shot the ball well this year as a whole. So I'm sure he's set up plenty of dudes who have blown threes, of course, but also shots at the rim at times. So I'm wondering, he's probably averaging around like, you know, four and a half or five assists, right? Something like that. Something like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's probably played well enough to average seven or eight. Just this team just hasn't shot the ball. Well, so I see, I project him to being like a seven assist a game guy um, next season when the offense is humming. But yeah, man, he 12 against them last time. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know how many times I've posted stuff from that Temple game on Twitter, probably like 18 times different in a different way. Because um, that was a really fun game for me when he had 26. Of course. So, yeah. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, as well as he passed it all year and they couldn't cash in on anything. They have been shooting well since he's been gone <laughs> outside, of, outside of Vanderbilt. Yeah. Well, somebody uh, shot well in the Vanderbilt game. <laughs> his, his name was Scotty Pippen jr. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that he's not in the AAC bodes well for UC's chances in this tournament. Cause otherwise I, I would have given them no chance. Uh, SMU will be coming off of a 32 day pause. Mm. Uh, it does not sound like that they will have a full roster reading between the lines kind of on the SMU message board. Uh, you kind of get the, the sense that there's a couple guys that are going to be missing. Um, this isn't confirmed by any stretch, but it sounds like Tyson Jolly, you're a knee. You're a knee. No, I'm a person. I thought Tyson Jolly was uh, out the whole year. No, he played. I think he played. He played against UC. He did? I thought. I thought before the season they were like, oh, Tyson Jolly opted out. That's going to hurt them. As you know, I haven't been following as closely as usual this year, so maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) No, I think he he came back at some point, and I thought he played in that first game. I'll check it out while we're talking here. That's but, a great uh, name, by the way. Tyson Jolly. Jolly. Or you're a knee. Oh, no, not you're a knee. But Tyson Jolly. I like that. Um, and then uh, it sounds like Jamar Young. Don't know who that is. Is, is, is expected to be out as well. So no one that really uh, matters other than Jolly. No, he didn't play in the first game. You're right there. Yeah. Uh, knee played 18 minutes, had nine points and two rebounds. Oh, three of five from the floor. Uh, I believe so. Oh, he's a big dude. Okay. That's why. That's why I forgot about him. Okay. Yeah. Had three blocks. Yeah. I, I mean, look, going back to that first game, I mean, SMU had it. I mean, they, they pretty much handled UC for the first 34 minutes. And then Keith Williams 
I was like, hey, uh, I know I haven't been playing so well in crunch time, slash getting in tons of foul trouble this year, but I'm just going to do a lot of good stuff and help us win this game and end the schneid. And uh, that was really what happened in the first game. Yeah. Um, it will be so interesting to see, like, where SMU is coming off of this 32-day pause. Because you know they're not going to be fully ready. Tyson Jolly played in six games this year, Berg. Uh, da, 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 averaged 8.3 points per game. Okay. Was 5 of 15 from three. Um, Jamar Young has only played in eight games. Yorani played in 10 games. Average seven points and two rebounds a game. So these are rotational guys, but this is a pretty deep SME roster. And they really rely on, you know, four or five, six guys to carry the load. Kendrick Davis, Ferran Hunt, Emmanuel Bandamel, uh, Charles Smith, and Isaiah Jassy, and your favorite, Ethan Shagwa. God. Has he he's been probably, there for he's eight pro- years? He's probably only a junior, I bet, if you looked him up. I mean, he seems like he's been there for a long time. <laughs> he's been there forever. Yeah, and Kendrick Davis is smooth. I mean, uh, I've always, like, I think I've said this before, but I've always, out of anyone in the AAC, I've, I've liked, like, I kind of like SMU. Like, I like watching them. I like their coach. I love Tim Jankovic. I hate, like, every other team in the league. I hate all of their players, all of their coaches, especially Houston. <laughs> but so SMU is like cool. Like they, they always have fun players. Like I would love to have Ferran Hunt, right? Like that'd be awesome to have him. Um, they've had a number of those dudes. So uh, this is, I just think this is just gonna be a fun matchup. I mean, obviously not a lot of pressure on either team. Um, SMU, like no one's expecting a whole lot after that long layoff. And you see, you know, it's not like they are have aspirations of making the NCAA tournament here. So just a free flowing, let's just get up and down and, let it fly type of game. SMU is the team that shoots 34% from three. You really have to wonder like what that's going to look like at 32 days off, right? Either you come out and you're just instantly like get hot and stay hot. Or, I mean, if they don't shoot the three, it's, it's kind of trouble for how they play offense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I'm sure they'll try to push. Who knows what kind of conditioning they're going to have either. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be a wild game, I'm sure. Uh, who are you looking for for the Bearcats to kind of to, to stand out? David DeJulius. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, remember, Scotty Pippen had like two weeks off before UC played Vanderbilt. It was because of a hip injury, not because he opted yeah. out. But yeah. he was okay after a little layoff, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'd say uh, for me – couple guys, Tari Eason, number one, uh, all conference. He had a good outing team. against them the first time. Yeah. They don't have a ton of size down low. And he, I just, I just need him to not, not get in foul trouble. Please just stay on the floor. Stop going for every shot fake, you know, just get in good position on D and just go straight up. Cause uh, I think he should be able to get like a 15 and 10 type of thing in that game. And then, um, and then Shuey, Micah Adams Woods has, <clears throat> With with the ball in his hands more, he's been he's been very productive, very aggressive. I wonder with Julius back, do you think Coach Brandon's like, all right, um, Dave, why don't you just 
kind of spread the floor and, and look to just catch an attack. And maybe we'll have Micah run the show a little more. Um, that seems to be a better role for him, better spot for him. Yeah. And we, and John Brandon said today, they are expecting Mike Saunders to be available too. So you get okay. two, two primary ball handlers uh, added back into your rotation that were not there against ECU. Um, really look at the, the, the minutes in that SMU game. It was, it was heavy, heavy. Jeremiah Davenport, Mike Adams, Woods, Tari Eason, Keith Williams, David DeJulius. Tari Eason's the only one of those that played under 30 minutes at 25. Um, all f- four of the five were in double digits. The only one that wasn't was DeJulius, who was one of seven from the floor, but had nine rebounds and 12 assists. Pretty good. Yeah. I also remember that that was when Vote was really struggling to do anything. He was struggling, yeah. What, he played eight minutes in that game or something? Yep. Eight minutes, it's not a, 0 it's, for 1. Yeah. Not a good matchup for him. Um, trying to chase a, trying to chase that team around. Um, he should have an advantage in the paint on the other end, but I remember he was just, he was really just out of sorts. And then the game after against Wichita was when he, you know, was diving on the floor and stuff like that and trying to get back in it. Um, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how much he'll play because of the matchup. Yeah. I mean, he's also in a better headspace right now. You would think, I mean, he just was in a bad spot. When that when that first game rolled around, uh, no rebounds, no points, one shot, eight minutes. Like things were not going well for Chris Vote prior to the no. shutdown, and, and he has not been a force by any stretch, but he's been much better of late. Especially, uh, he's passed it pretty well. He's getting after it a little bit on the glass. Um, so it'll be interesting to to if nothing else, make SMU guard him. Uh, as a low post threat. Right. And they don't, and again, they're not deep, especially with your knee out, <laughs> your knee. Um, so, you know, he, he gets somebody in foul trouble, potentially get a couple of fouls on Ferran Hunt or something that might help, even though he won't, you know, even though we lucky to go one for two from the line, by the way, um, as a Bearcat fan, it's like when any Bearcat goes to the line, other than maybe the select few that can shoot in the 80% range, but mostly it's like, you'll take one for two. Um, And that sucks. (laughs) Like, I just, I can't wait for the day where like you're expecting two for two from almost everybody. just seems like there's a lot of times where, especially Chris Vogt, obviously expect zero for two, but like Keith this year, it's been like, God, just at least make one here. And Um, he was an 80% free throw shooter last year. Yeah. It's just, it's just like so many years of that where you, you, you you take one for two. I don't know. It's like especially late in the game, you know, right. you just look you just look over at whoever you're watching the game with, and you're like one for two here. Yeah, the other person's like, yep, probably back rim on the first one. Chris vote always back rim on the first one <laughs> every time. <laughs> I, I somebody got I can't remember who somebody got fouled on a three in the Vanderbilt game, and Justin and I looked at each other like over under one point five. Under. I think it was Keith. I think it was Keith. Yeah, and, and he hit two out of three. So yeah, we, we looked yeah. we looked bad. We looked bad. <laughs> yeah. Um so are are you rolling with the Bearcats here in game one against an SMU team coming off a 32-day break? 
Yes. Short answer, yes. All right. I think I think they uh I think the Bearcats are just playing really well and SMU just hasn't been playing. So unless they just come out and shoot the lights out for whatever weird reason. Um, you know, the Bearcats have seemed to find a nice rhythm on offense. And the thing that's really turned their season around has been the defense. If you really look at the numbers, um, starting with that, like four, was it a four game win streak? Those two temple games. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever else bad teams they beat, but close games. So, yeah, I mean, they've been giving up like a point or less per possession in most of their games. And that's, well, the offense has just been kind of slogging along through the season. And then in the last month or so, they've had a couple explosions. Tulane and uh, ECU. Again, ECU, we talked about this earlier. They scored 82 at ECU. It's insane. It's, 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 it's one of those things where if you were in another word for another, fran- another college basketball team and somebody was like, Cincinnati scored 82 against ECU, they'd be like, so? You just have to kind of have been there for some stupid games against that team. Right. Um, I can think of one in particular when Larry Davis was coaching where I don't think they, they gave up like the last 11 points and lost. And I don't think yeah, you got to 50. That was a rough 50. one. Yeah, yeah. So The Valley of Death. Mm-hmm. The Valley of Death. Yeah, so I think um, he's in a rhythm. I mean, overall, I think they're in a good rhythm. Good place, good mental place for the team as a whole, too. They got Dave back now. They're ready to roll. If they get past SMU, if, no no assumptions. SMU is going to be a, a difficult game. Uh, UC is going to have to shoot it well. They shot 42% from three in that win in Dallas. So uh, their work will be cut out for them on Friday. They make it to Saturday. Odds are they will play a Wichita State team without freshman forward Jaden Seymour and junior guard Trevin Wade. Ooh, that guy killed uh, UC. Yeah. So those two guys are uh, out. They did not make the trip to Fort Worth with Wichita State. Uh, I think Poor Bear is out too with an injury. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't remember seeing him in the first one. He played the first one, I think. Mm, maybe he did. I don't know. I, I, I. I, I can't help but I call him Pooh Bear. Yeah, every, I'm sure many people do. Because it just flows better than Poor Bear. Yeah, it's hard to say Poor Bear. Chandler, um, is that his last name? Yeah, Isaiah Poor Bear with... Chandler. He's Indian. So it's, know, an Indian but... it's an Indian it, name. It's a weird, like, I don't know, just collage of Isaiah and Chandler. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but uh, as long if Etienne plays, um, they they got a chance. That dude's tough. Yeah, he's well. Ricky Council was the one that killed UC, not Trey. Oh yeah, that's right. Council was the one. Yeah, he had twenty three points, eight eleven, eight of eleven from the floor, seven of eleven from the line, Mm. six boards, two assists. He was the one that uh, that was the. You expect like Morris Udaisy and Tyson Etienne to be good because those are the guys that have been there for a long time, and, and you expect those guys to to be a problem. They were not expecting Ricky Council in 23 minutes to score 23 points. Hold on a second here, Dad. What 
what uh how much chance do you give uc to win the aac tournament slim to none <laughs> not much chance <laughs> you, you how think much they'll chance? at least win a game think they'll at least win a game yeah i give them one game okay who would they play in the second round i mean probably wichita state yeah. we, we could win two out of three of those games all right I think we're in two. okay he's giving them two Maybe. All right. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Is that is that what it's going to take for this tournament to be a success for you, Berg? Cincinnati getting to the finals and just seeing what happens from there? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, for me, that gives that gives uh, them guaranteed an over 500 record for the season after starting two and six. Doesn't mean a whole lot, really, but it just sounds better than you know, 10 and 11 or whatever, if they ended up under 500. So I'd take that. Um, <clears throat> I also just think they're playing, I mean, in terms of the AAC conference, they're playing as well as, you know, anybody really. Um, Houston's lost some games. At East, they lost at ECU. Kidding me? Yeah, they gave, they gave up like 82 points to ECU at ECU. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, I mean, and they – you know, Memphis is kind of, eh. I mean, they're good at some stuff, but they're a tough matchup for UC. That's for sure. But I don't know. I mean, they're not that good. So I don't know. I think UC's like they're fifth. They're the fifth seed. I don't. I don't really feel like any of the other top seed top seeded teams are like playing so well that I'm. I, you know, there's no possible way. And especially like if they played Houston, Houston would be so overconfident. And maybe they would have some guys out. You never know. You there? Okay. I thought we lost you for a second. I got I got ten percent battery left. Okay. Well, <laughs> That's what that well, was. Uh, it, what do you think for the the bottom half of that bracket? You get uh, I'll plug Houston, my... Houston the two seed, Memphis the three seed. They seem destined for a clash in the semifinals, and you're gonna. That's gonna be a Memphis team that. They, they aren't going to make the tournament unless they beat Houston. That's not to say they automatically make the tournament if they beat Houston, but they're not going to make it if they, if they lose to Houston. So you get right. a hungry Memphis team that gets Houston on a neutral floor. Well, yeah, plus they just lost on a bullshit banker by Tremont Mark. Yeah. I mean. How about that bounce pass to half court? Yeah. That, that was, was a ridiculous pass. It's true. But I mean, I just hate when t- games end on a bank. It's Did you see so the play dumb. before it to tie it though? No. The ball like slammed off the backboard, went almost out to half court. It bounced around, gets kicked to Boogie Ellis, and he hits a three to tie it with 1.5 seconds left. Like the final 10 seconds of that game were just absolute chaos. Yeah. Well, either way, I mean, Memphis was in there right to the end uh, at Houston. Yeah. So. They can they can for sure beat him. I mean, if Penny would just kind of somewhat care about taking care of the basketball, maybe, dude, look at their they're like three hundredth in turnovers every year and like fifth in defense. I wonder yeah. why they don't make the tournament. Huh. <laughs> why are they giving so the ball to the other team? It doesn't make any sense. Why are they? Know. What's the problem? Oh boy, he wants to be like you. You know, he wants to be like uh, like Mick. With the, um, with the defense, because he remember that first year he was like he could not yeah. give Mick enough praise in those press conferences. It's like, did you not pay attention to the other thing Mick cares a lot about? Don't He's turn it over. He's giving you the formula. Yeah, well, 
So some guys, some guys only read half the book, Berg. <laughs> some some guys read the Cliff Notes. <laughs> Penny read the Cliff Notes. Yeah. Uh, what what else you got? Anything else you want to talk about here? As we as we were into American Conference Tournament week, the the games are ongoing as we speak. I saw Tulsa lost to Tulane. Yeah, Tulane beat Tulsa. Or if you if you were saying it. Tulsa, Tulsa beat gym. Tulane. Whatever. Yeah. Tulsa. Tulsa. <laughs> um, Tulsa played I like, somebody. I, I like when Tulsa loses. I'm not sure why I have such a disdain for them. You really dislike Frank Haith. Yeah, I just I've kind of had. I just I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. Why do I don't know why it's not like they beat UC all the time. Um, not sure, but I just kind of take pleasure in them losing. Not as much <laughs> as when Houston loses. By the way, does. Does Kelvin Sampson, does he or does he not look like when he loses a game or when he makes that really mad face that he's going home and like kicking one of his dogs? <laughs> like, like I would hate to be one of Kelvin Sampson's dogs. They're probably watching the game on TV being like, oh, we better hide if, if they lose. He doesn't even have to go home. He could just kick Kelvin in the locker room. <laughs> just that face. He just, I don't know. I love when you see does stuff against them, but. It really sucked when they lost by 38, though. That wasn't fun. Um, yeah, he didn't uh, seem very stressed out that day. Is it? Is, yeah, exactly. Um, although he did he did throw a fit when they were up by, like, 28 at one point. It was like, dude, come on. Had to man, get his money's worth. Had to get his I money's know. worth. So, so um, this is probably not even worth talking about, but, like, can Mamadou give them anything in this tournament or what? I mean, he played pretty well against SMU the first time when Vote was – I mean, he got about 12 minutes yeah. in that first SMU game. And, and this is kind of a matchup that he really won't get exploited. Like, their bigs are kind of the same as him, right? They're not big and bulky and, like, they're going to take you down on the block and, and put work on you. It could be a game that, that he can at least be effective, I think. Yeah. What was that game? Was that um I think it was the Vanderbilt game when he came in and was like, here's three really fast turnovers if you want to see that. Was that what it was? Vanderbilt it was game? The, it, that game and the Memphis game when he started and oh, turned it over Memphis three game. times in the first minute and a half. That was like the fastest three turnovers of all time. He was just in like the turnover, history turnover, of sports. Turnover. Yeah, and the yeah. history of sports. <laughs> And then I think he, I think he fouled too. It was like, geez, come on, yeah. at least like give give yourself a chance to get some minutes in this game. Um, it was, he's, it he's, wasn't he's, good. He is such an enigma, man. I just, I can't. I thought he was turning the corner last year. I know it's been a strange year this year. It's hard to judge anybody on anything, but like, I don't know. He just seems like he just doesn't quite have a feel for what's happening, and he just. And I know he's getting inconsistent minutes, so that doesn't help, but. Sometimes he just doesn't help his cause when he's in there. Correct. <laughs> I, I, it's easy and most nice way to say it. Yeah. Polite. I, I think if you see knocks off SMU, it'll again be behind a strong showing from Jeremiah Davenport, uh, potentially Keith Williams. And I know, you know, you look at that, that box score, you worry about not having Zach Harvey, uh, who played well in that game. But now you've got Mason Madsen. You sure do. You sure do. That is a Justin Berg, like, 
irrational confidence. I don't care if I'm one for nine or nine for 10. I am letting this bad boy fly. Again, another type of guy that you see just has not had many of over the last few decades. And it's fun to have him because he's not just a shooter, but he is a guy that the other team has to really pay a lot of attention to. Cause in that, in that um, he's, he's the type of guy that like in a game that's kind of, you know, hanging in the balance, like he can just bang in two threes and it's like, Oh, now you see up eight and here we go. You lose me again. God, this dumb thing. But <laughs> Like he hit those two threes against uh, East Carolina, and it was like kind of curtains after that. So, yeah, for sure. And 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 they were important just, because that was one of those like UC got up by fourteen. Next thing you know, it was back down to seven in the blink of an eye. Where it's like, yeah. oh great, here we go. And then Mason Madsen goes bang, bang, bang. Next thing you know, it's eighteen, and uh, they're they're cruising to the finish line. So. Yeah, he does change things quite a bit. That's the type um, of guy that can just like bust you through a tournament if he's feeling it. I mean, that's just like a, right. a, the, the definition of an X factor right there. I mean, if he's got it going, that just brings him to a whole new stratosphere. But speaking of a whole new stratosphere, we don't need to spend we can spend more time after the season on this. But I mean, Jeremiah Davenport, dude, it just before the season, we were like, I don't know, maybe he'll kind of help out a few minutes here and there for energy. He's been the heart and soul of this team. He's been by far the most improved offensive player um, by leaps and bounds. This, this type of things he's doing, the, the, the myriad of things that he has in his bag. Did you see this coming at all? Any of it? No. Go back to our preview podcast. None of us did. I know. All of us were like good energy guy, you know, not sure where he fits, not sure what position he's going to play. Uh, hopefully he can help out. Uh, here and there was basically our assessment of Jeremiah Davenport. Yeah, exactly. Eh, wrong. All of us. He was the, I bet he was the only person who really knew what kind of work he put in. Cause didn't he, he tore his knee last year. So he missed, he wasn't. Yeah. He tore his MCL twice in the same knee. Right. So it was just, he was almost an afterthought cause he didn't finish last yeah. season. Um. And I mean that, like obviously that Tulane game, twenty-seven five and five. Twenty-seven five and five in college is, I mean, I don't care what, I don't care what conference you're playing in. <laughs> um, I'm not going to go there too deeply, but you already know my feelings on this league. But uh, twenty-seven five and five is uh, is something, and uh, it's very good. The way that he pulls up and can just cash threes and off the dribble, off the catch, um, you know, he, he's getting into the paint like he's just under control. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just I, I, I cannot think of a, a jump from freshman to sophomore like this. I, I was thinking about this the other day when I was driving, like, just what's another example of this? Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Keith had a pretty good one. sophomore year after a really bad freshman year. Yeah. Hasn't been as good as, as Davenport's has been, I wouldn't say. But well, he, yeah, and he didn't get the looks. You know, he didn't he didn't get as much. Um, many looks at Davenport got. So he got that that year where Jaron Jaron's junior year, Keith got a lot. Keith was really. I guess you're right. Yeah, I was thinking about okay. And he was averaging 14 or so. Man, he was dunking a lot. He had some big games. Yeah, you're right. I, that's a pretty. Yeah, that's probably pretty apt comparison. They're not similar players, but no. they both had a pretty pretty big jump from freshman to sophomore year. 
True. They're both going to end up finished like second on the team in scoring uh, as a sophomore. Um, Davenport's definitely been a better perimeter guy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, just in terms of numbers, I think it's pretty you close. Know, I think, I think like his improvement level, there's, there's certain fans, you know who you are fans. If you're listening to this, who are like, no, you see the guys never get better. And like, and when they're like guys are freshmen, they're like, well, I already can tell like this, he's not going to be good. This guy's coach can't recruit because as a freshman, he's not that good. And I mean, Davenport, like if you can't look at that and be like, Hey, guys can actually get better. Um, I don't know. It's just, those are, those are good examples of, of like, you know, if somebody looked at Davenport last year, like, eh, probably mid-major and he's, you know, eh, he doesn't really belong here. He can't shoot. Like, oh, really? He can't. That's a, <laughs> that's a bigger, that's a bigger picture uh, conversation about just the whole deal that I'm sure we'll have right. at some point here, but just, I don't know. I feel like we give like guys, just, people kind of give up on things and like already know like, Oh, well <clears throat> I saw this. So that means that. Um, it's a perfect example of like, no, you don't, you don't know. Right. We, we watched all of it and we didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but that was one. I always go back to this man. Everybody said when he committed, that was a family of ballers that all got better in college that all got better as they got older. Um, and it, it, it's played out with Jeremiah as well. So, yeah. And when they won the state title, it was him. That was the man, not Jackson Hayes. Right. And there was another guy on that team named Deuce McBride. That was pretty good too. Mm, yeah. He was, yeah, he was pretty good too. That's pretty good. High school team. <laughs> yeah. You better win the state with that team. <laughs> pretty, pretty good high school team. <laughs> An NBA lottery pick, uh, a guy that's one of the best players in the Big 12, and a budding star as a sophomore at UC. That's pretty good. It's a mm. pretty good team. But, all right, man, I don't have much else. What, all right, let me put my kid to bed and get some rest, get some work done. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching tomorrow, and I expect a, a, a solid effort and a close it out tomorrow. David DeJulius down the stretch. All right, Leah's crying. I all Thanks right, for having you me. do your thing, brother. All right. Thanks, Berg. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time. It's the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com.